Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Spend an hour to repent, amen? Because <clears throat> we had a tough 70 minutes. And when you get up in front of that TV and you like, I rebuke you, you opportunistic spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, and I bless you. You have to understand, it's not about what you say, but it's what is in your heart. <laughs> Amen. We can say all we want, but it's this place right here that God knows so very well. And hence we pray, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And David prayed and he said, God, watch my heart and see if it is still upright towards you. So this morning I'm going to preach from the book of Numbers. I'm going to give you my very best for the next 30 minutes, and then I'm going to release you, amen, to have a wonderful Sunday, and then I'm going to see you back at church tonight, amen, and I'm going to see you back at church tonight. God is faithful. God is faithful. I want you to know that God is faithful. We're going to look at his word this morning, so Jesus, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Father. I thank you for your kindness to a loving, your loving kindness, God, to a thousand generations. We worship you, Father. We honor you. I pray that you will open our minds, God, for understanding this morning. May we have ears, Lord, to hear, and may our hearts discern what you want to say for us this morning or say to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we know that it's by your grace, but it's for your glory. So open our hearts and open our minds to receive in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will lead me, that you will guide me, that you will help me, Lord, to steward this moment faithfully and responsibly, God, for your glory. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. We are going to raising the altar, Amen. Are you guys ready? Now an altar is a place, come on, you can preach with me this morning, I'm going to need you. The word says, an altar is a place of consecration, a place of sacrifice. That's an altar. And Pastor Wilmar once said that if you want God to respond to a fire, you have to build an altar, but there cannot be an altar without a sacrifice. So there cannot be an altar without a place of consecration. And we're going to move into this. I want to touch just on what I, what I sense in my spirit we're moving towards even in this season. I'm going to be fast. Amen. It's not a good place to say Amen. It's under God's word that we are sanctified, that we are made new. So we're going to dive into the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 to 13, if we can get that on the, on the screens quickly. And this is where we're continuing with the nation of Israel. We had a place where Israel has been in the wilderness, where God has asked him to send spies into the promised land they came back only two of the 12 spies had a good report amen only two of them 
they were disobedient. They rejected the promise of God. And we're in this place right here before we get to Numbers 20. And it's been 37 years. 37 years. The book of Hebrews says, by faith they opened the Red Sea. And then the book of Hebrews say, by faith they walked around the walls of Jericho. But between the Red Sea and the walls of Jericho, there's a gap. And the word doesn't say anything about it. They're in this place of wilderness, under judgment, complaining, and the word doesn't say anything. Do you know why? Because there's nothing to say. The word doesn't say anything because there's nothing to say. And often at times in our life, the same thing happens. When we move in unbelief and in the flesh, there's nothing to say. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, the Holy Spirit equipped us to become effective witnesses. It's when we move by faith. By faith they opened the Red Sea. By faith they walked around the walls of Jericho. And we see this 37-year period, nothing. It's quiet. You look at me like, Pastor Eckhart, I'm in that 37-year period. It's quiet. The Word doesn't say anything. And this is the inception of Numbers chapter 20, where God commands Moses to speak to the rock. So the first time when he struck the rock, the second time he had to speak to the rock, it's a period of 37 years in which the Word is quiet. And I want to share with you a principle this morning that I believe will help you in this season. Amen? This is what the Word says. Numbers 20 verse 1 to 13. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now this is significant because we're starting this chapter 37 years later. We see a new generation, same sin. New generation, same, still complaining, still murmuring. 37 years later. New generation, same sin. New generation, same sin. And Miriam dies here, and it's significant because Miriam was Moses' sister. And the word says, when they entered through the sea, Miriam took the tambourine, and she led the whole nation into a dance. And they were celebrating God's goodness and celebrating God's faithfulness, and they, they're remembering what she has done, what God has done, when they worshipped with her and, and praised with her. But then Miriam dies here. Two years before we're going into Canaan. Two years before we're going to this promised land. A leader dies. Amen. Now the thing is Miriam took offense. Miriam took offense in her heart. Because her brother Moses married a Gentile woman. Moses married a Gentile woman in this period of judgment, in the 37 years of nothing happening, Moses marries a Gentile woman. Miriam takes offense in her heart and addresses this issue. But what Miriam didn't understand at that point in time is that every prophet and every king in the word of God represented a form of Christ. 
Moses was a form of Christ. So when Moses was rejected by the Israelites, he took a Gentile bride. When God was rejected by Israel, he took a Gentile bride. The church. We are God's Gentile bride, the church. And God is busy showing something of His grace that is on His way, His Son that is on His way. He displays something through this typology of Moses marrying a Gentile woman and Miriam takes offense. And then the word says this, Numbers 12, 1 and 2. Has the Lord, Numbers 12, 1 and 2. It says, has the Lord indeed spoke only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman, a Gentile woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. See, so Miriam wasn't really offended by the fact that he married a Gentile bride. There was something else in her heart, something deeper than her brother marrying a Gentile woman. So the marriage of this Gentile woman gave her a reason to say something, but you've married a Gentile woman, God is showing something in typology, but deeper in her heart we realize that she's offended because she says, has God only spoken to Moses? Has he not spoken to us also, Aaron? Has he not spoken through us? And that's the first thing we do as leaders when we take offense. We find another leader and say, has God not spoken through us as well? See, God is he's speaking through Pastor Vilma, but I believe he's speaking through us as well. See, that's what we do when we take offense. We go and find someone, and then we stir up this thing in our hearts, and then we find this, this thing that we can quantify this. But remember, he, he married a gentle bride. Well, God is busy trying to illustrate something about His grace. And then it goes further. And it says in verse 9, And so the anger of the Lord burned against him, and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous. I'm going to preach it this morning. Are you ready for me? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit? And the word says, and when the cloud withdrawn from the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous. God was displeased, displeased in hearing that two leaders disregarded the leadership that God has placed among them. God was displeased and the word says he got angry and Miriam became leprous. And God had to place Miriam outside of the camp for seven days even though Moses the one whom she we don't sin against people we sin against God but even the the picture she used the quantification well you married even this Moses and her brother pleaded with God and say healer and God responds and says if a father spit in your we're not going to go into that portion now but God responds and he's angry and he places Miriam outside of the camp just like God placed Israel outside. There was a period of restoration that had to take place, a place for the Gentile church to be born so that Israel could be restored. In the same way, there's a typology where God places Miriam outside of the camp. And it says they couldn't move on until she came back. The people waited for her. They waited for her. 
And when she got with him, she died. And she was buried there. Now I want to tell you a quick story. And bear this in mind. We had two people in hospital. And they had to be moved to a separate room because they, had, they needed rest. And they were lying in one bed and another bed. And the one guy had a window seat, amen, shotgun. The one had a window and the other one didn't have a window. And at first they were talking about their families, about what is happening. And eventually when they had nothing to talk about, the one at the window started speaking about how the children are playing outside and how they're holding picnic and how they're eating certain things. And the one not in the window started taking offense in his heart. But that night, the one guy at the window caught a flu. He got a lung disease. And the next morning he passed away. And this guy took offense in his heart when they came in to sort out the situation. Said this, I want the window. And they moved him over to the window. And when he got to that bed, he leaned on his elbow only to see a brick wall. And often at times, when we get offended and we speak against leadership and we speak against certain things, we leave church, we leave our businesses, we leave certain things just to move to another bed and see a wall. You will get offended and move to a place to see exactly that which you haven't heard. Can I say that again? You will get offended and move to see exactly that which you haven't heard. And it taught us a principle. That if we are leaders in this church and in this generation, we shall be a church, I'm going to prophesy over this over you, that will honor the leadership of this nation, that will honor the leadership of this church, that we will get to a place where we say, God, we will not speak against our leaders. We will not speak against the government because we know that you are still God and you will change this nation, you will change this church, and you will change this generation. We will not find stories like a Gentile woman when God is trying to display something from a place of grace. Amen? So I say this to you. You will, net, you will not get offended in this season. Your heart will not be offended. We will honor those placed around us because we understand the principle of God. We understand the principle of God. Amen. Let's dive into, into the real stuff. All right. Chapter 2 says this. Numbers 20. I'm going to go fast, guys. Sorry. And the, uh, Now there was no water for the congregation. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would, would, that, we, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or, or pomegranates, but there is no water to drink. Because okay, so then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Next verse. 
So we find the people here murmuring, complaining, new generation, same sin, saying, Moses, why didn't we just die back then? And Moses and Aaron do this. They go to the tabernacle. They get on their faces before God. And we see a valuable principle here. When you are conflicted with a, converse, with, a, with, a, with a space and a place where people are constantly showing fingers, where people are constantly complaining, this is what you do. You go to that place. You fall on your face and God will bring His presence. But then after that comes a responsibility. Continue, verse 7 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he has commanded. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them, Hear now ye rebels, shall we bring water from for you out of this rock. Moses and Aaron goes into this place of God's presence. God says, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Let the people see. And then Moses comes from this place of presence. He looks at the nations and he says, ye rebels, Nowhere did we see God to instruct nowhere did we see God instructing Moses to address the nation as rebels. They were rebels, they were complaining in the flesh, but they were still Israel, they were still God's nation. And God gives an instruction, but because of Moses' frustration, because of Moses' anger, because we know the anger issue, amen. He killed the Egyptian for beating a Hebrew slave. He could have just said, Hey, I'm in charge. Shh, stop that take a seat for one year, whatever. But he chooses to kill him and bury him in the sand. He had an anger issue. And for 37 years, he had to deal with this constant, 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 constant. And he's fed up. But he goes into the presence. And God's glory meets him there, which means I want you to catch this. God's glory meets him there, God's presence. He leaves from that place, comes to the nation and says, Ye rebels, do you want who? Doesn't say, Do you want God to bring water from this rock? Should we? Like saying, Moses, are you saying we, you and God, or Adam and I? I don't know, what are you saying? But Moses is saying, we, should we bring water from this rock? Frustrated, angry. And the word says he struck the rock twice and water came out of the rock. But Moses received a clear instruction to speak to the rock before the eyes of the people. And when I read this, I first didn't understand this. But then I realized, God said to Moses, take the staff and speak to the rock. And I say, Lord, but why does Moses have to take the staff if you want him to speak to the rock? 
initially you say, take the staff and hit the rock and the water flew. Second time, he leaves the presence. God says, take the staff, but speak to the rock. The first time when God gave Moses an instruction just to hit the rock, God said, use the staff, the same one you used to split the Red Sea. There was a certain principle that God wanted to illustrate. But then we see this thing happening. There's this guy called Korah, who was from a priestly family. Do you know the story? And they served in the tabernacle. But this Korah and his family wanted to take the place of Aaron. They performed a certain function, and the Levites, the priests, performed a certain function. And Korah wanted to take another function in the tabernacle. So what he did is he rebelled and he stood up with his family and he wanted to take over the priestship from Aaron. Then God comes, opens the earth and swallows his whole family. And then God said to Moses, because these people wanted to come against the priesthood, I want you to take rods. Take a rod from every nation and place it inside the tabernacle. And tomorrow morning when you come there, thank you pastor, the one who buds, this rod, this man, he shall be the priest. And when they got into that place, there was a rod that budded with flowers. And that was the rod of Aaron. And that rod resembled resurrection. It represented that God brings forth life. After an attack against the priesthood, we are king, priests, and prophets. After an attack against the priesthood, there's a rod that will bring life. So God wanted Moses to take that rod of Aaron and hold it to signify something. That there is a Christ coming. A resurrected one that will bring forth life. And this Christ, you don't have to strike it. You just have to speak with it. Because this Christ is a Christ that is relational. See, Moses, you are still stuck at the crucified Christ, the rock that was struck. But see, the rock only had to be struck once. And then came a time where we as his people could speak to the rock in faith to release the water that people need. God had to take, God had to take the, Moses had to take the rod, not to eat the rock. To signify that this rock which God chose for the priest is the rock, the rod that represents life. Resurrection life. He should have held it in his hand and just speak to the rock, but then he struck it. And then Moses doesn't go into the promised land. Not because he was disobedient. It's not what the word says. Moses didn't go into the promised land because he misrepresented Christ. Moses spent 37 years with people in unbelief and then leaves God's presence to do the very same thing, move in unbelief. God says, speak to the rock and he strikes it. To do the very same thing after he left God's presence. And the only thing God wanted was him, for him to speak so that the people could see that this rock that is coming, that this savior that is coming would be one that we're going to spend time in relation with. That's going to be a rock where we're going to speak by faith and water will flow. Amen. All right, guys.
what the word says. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me. Verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I've given you. Not because you were disobedient, Moses. Because you misrepresented me. Because you misrepresented me. 1 Corinthians 10 says the following. We're going to have to go fast. 1 Corinthians 10. I, want you to, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. And they drank from the same rock and that rock was Christ. See, Moses represented the law. But the law can only take us that far. The word says when Moses was 120 years old, he died. Do you know that? Do you know that there was nothing wrong with his eyesight? There was nothing wrong with his hearing? He was perfectly fine, but he didn't go into the promised land. Because God needed a new leader which didn't represent the law which moved by faith, the same spy that went to the... God needed a Joshua to represent Christ in this new season so that the people of Israel can move from unbelief into belief and enter into the promised land. And that's what the law does. It points us to Christ. But it can only take us that far. And I believe some of us are still stuck at that place. The crucified Christ. We haven't seen the resurrected Christ in our life yet. We're stuck at that place where we're taking the rod, coming from God's presence, not speaking to it by faith. And we live a life. We know we're going to heaven. We know we're saved. But we haven't seen the resurrection power of Christ manifest in our lives. And if you and I want to get to a place where we want to see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, Guys, then we have to get to a place, not where we're not obedient, but where we not misrepresent Christ. Because this is what we do. We misrepresent Him when we don't move by faith. Faith is pleasing to God. It is by faith. I'm halfway, so I'm going to finish and then we'll do part two as a second sermon. I'm going to close with this. Can you give me five more minutes? I want to say this. Matthew seventeen one five. It says after. Hallelujah. Matthew 17, 1, 1 to 5. It says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, 
and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, they appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. You said Moses misrepresented you in unbelief, and he will not enter the promised land. In Matthew 17, we do see Moses in the promised land, on the mountain. with Elijah in his glorified state in his glorified state not in a state of unbelief but in a state that does not misrepresent God because at that point in time he was busy testifying about the Christ so what happened between Moses we're going to close with the scripture John 1 1 what happened what happened between Moses not entering the promised land and Moses appearing on the mountain. Jesus. Jesus happened. The word says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word beginning is the Greek word archai, which means principality. It says, In the principality was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Who is the head of all principalities? Jesus. Let's read this again. In Jesus was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Jesus was the Word, and the Word was, and the Word was. And strategically, God has met with this masterpiece together. eventually bring Moses into the promised land let me say this Jesus snuck Moses into the promised land (laughs) amen sneaky Jesus (laughs) in his glorified body but it's in Christ and I came to just say this to you this morning that I believe in this season in this time God is calling a generation that will not misrepresent Him. God is calling a church that will move by faith, not by sight. Because when we move by faith, we will not misrepresent God. And we will reap. Come on. Amen. And we will receive the fruit. But it has to be through Jesus. It has to be through Jesus. You can close your eyes. Loving Holy Spirit, we honor your presence here this morning. Father, I thank you that I can prophesy over this church that this church, God, will be a church that will not misrepresent Christ. 
that we will move by faith, that we will be a generation, God, that will take your kingdom by force violently in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, I thank you that the veil was torn. And I thank you, God, that we've been given access into the Holy of Holies. Father, I pray for a release. Father, a new revelation, an understanding in the season of Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that your kaput presence, God, your glory will fill this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus mighty name Father we love you we honor you and I thank you that you will come and increase the level of faith Father I thank you that we will see the power of the resurrected Savior manifest so that your name and your name alone can be glorified Holy Spirit we love you we honor you we thank you that you are faithful We thank you that you have always been in control and that you are still in control today. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website at bchurch.co.za. We're formed to function. Let's be church.